welcome to Tracy Cochran's weekly guided meditation at the Hudson River Sangha. Tracy's teachings are given freely. If you'd like to support the teacher and the Sangha, please visit Tracy's website at tracycochran.org. There you'll find ways to donate, and any contribution will be welcome. Enjoy the guided meditation. And so, and so it is 2022. So I feel compelled to wish you a happy new year. Happy new year. 2022. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. And I feel compelled as a Dharma teacher to address the pernicious habit we have of setting intentions for the year or envisioning the life we want to live and picturing what gets in the way and making vision boards. And all these things are fun. I'm not criticizing them. But just notice the tendency to do that. And as I heard someone call it, the wellness industrial complex urging you to do so and giving you all kinds of tips. And I wanted to serve as a counterforce. And I want to invite you right now to notice how it feels to be you, to be here. Don't keep your eyes open. We're not sitting yet. But notice that even with eyes open and even listening, you can bring attention to how you're feeling. And don't be labeling it or thinking about it. You might just have a slight feeling of gravity, that the body has a certain weight to it. Or you might be feeling weary or hopeful or something. And just let that be there. There's nothing to do about it. And as I sent around in my little dispatch, on this path, this so-called eightfold path out of suffering, the first step is something called right view, which sounds very stern. Like, I better get it right. I better be in alignment with the right view. But what it actually means is something quite different. It means letting yourself feel, really, the truth of suffering. Let yourself shift into a new perspective. That's how it's often portrayed. What perspective? How can you have the right view before you've done the darn path? It means just let yourself settle right now into the knowing. And it's really your cellular knowing that life contains suffering. You know this. That things that we think are solid prove not to be. And in this tradition, they call them the worldly winds. That fame gives way to blame and ill repute. That pleasure gives way to pain. Have you noticed how this just happens, and one moment you can have a relationship that seems so satisfying, and in the next moment, completely unfulfilling, completely at odds. And things are just slippery like that. And we blame ourselves. But the invitation in this step is to just shift towards the perspective that this seems to be the nature of life. 
And one of the things that's so incredibly sweet and consoling about what we have, what has come during this time of pandemic, is that we're sitting with company who also suffer. The collective wisdom and experience in this space is amazing. So right view, wise view, has nothing to do with alignment, with any external principle, philosophical or political or any other kind of external thing. It is an acceptance of the truth of suffering and the possibility a little bit of willingness that maybe there's a way to be free. And that leads to a step of intention, that New Year's word. Intention isn't, I'm going to learn German this year. Now, I do wish to, but it's, I am open to another way of being and relating to my experience that traditionally would be portrayed as harmlessness, which means I'm going to be open and soft with what arises, not reactive, including to my reactivity. I'm going to be in a mind of letting be more often. And I'm going to be open to the possibility that something new will appear. Something that may surprise me and bring me not just joy, but liberation. But enough of this abstract, however, you know, heartfelt talk. I wanted to share a tiny story, uh, an example from my life and about what it's like to do this practice. So often it feels like we're just going through the motions and, and we're not really maybe connecting or feeling with what we think we should. So anyway, this took place decades ago when my daughter was a little girl I have her permission to tell the story. And I lived in Brooklyn. I lived on DeGrasse in Brooklyn. And one of my noble friends also did. But anyway, I was full of the sense that I was living in a world of just, you know, consumption. And it was Christmas time and manufactured joy and so on. And I had this sense that I wished to be a responsible mother, a good mother. So I was going to teach this little girl, because that was my job, right? To be in a different posture in life that had to do with giving and receiving, just relaxing and giving, letting go. So she had this little purple bicycle that she had outgrown, the sparkly kind with training wheels. And, and I encouraged her to put it out on the street. This was the custom in Cobble Hill with a sign that said, please take this bike or this bike is free or some such. So she prepared a sign and taped it to the seat. And we took it downstairs and put it on the street. And I, oh, I felt like such a good mother, you know, so cool, connected to, you know. I was going to teach her about the flow of life and giving and receiving. So we went back upstairs, and, and she went to bed in her loft bed, and there were great big uh, windows and this old brownstone and big curtains. And so in the morning, she clambers down the stairs from her loft bed and throws open the drapes and turns to me with a look of radiant joy like Christmas morning and goes, Mommy, the bike is gone. Somebody took the bike. And I was like, oh, my heavens, I'm such a good mother. She's enjoying letting go, 
go, Tracy. And then she waits for a beat and looks at me and goes, no, when do I get something back? <laughs> when do I get something back? Because that's how I portrayed it. That like letting go, letting be is like giving yourself to life. So naturally she wants something back. And who can blame her? And this is how it feels to practice. That we're doing it, we're reading sometimes great scriptures or sitting with teachers, sitting in sangha. And when will we get something back, this promised bit of ease at least? Or whatever. And, and the extraordinary thing I'm here to tell you is that this is a practice that does indeed give back. But it comes, we do this extraordinary thing of instead of striving, we're stopping. We're pausing. We're letting be. We're not banishing our pain or trying to fix it with our smart thinking. We're drawing closer to it with an intention to be harmless, to be present with it without judgment. So what happens is that we're, we're not striving for light. We're drawing close to darkness. Doesn't that sound funny? And something happens almost when we least expect it. There will come a moment of ease. It's like eyes adjusting to light. A moment when we realize that there's something present here. An insight, perhaps a sense of connection or accompaniment, a sense of belonging, something that we didn't think up. And I wanted to share with you this beautiful short poem by Wendell Berry that captures so beautifully what can happen here in this practice. I go among trees and sit still. All my stirring becomes quiet around me like circles on water. My tasks lie in their places where I left them, asleep like cattle. Then what I am afraid of comes. I live for a while in its sight. What I fear in it leaves it. And the fear of it leaves me. It sings and I hear its song. We're here together to dare to be still, not in the sense of perfect silence, far from it, but in the sense of being soft with what arises, what comes, inviting it to approach. And in this process, Together and alone, we discover that we're so much more and there is so much more than we fear. Something comes back. So let's sit together for 20 minutes. And notice how it feels to really, really 
Invite yourself to be comfortable, the whole of yourself. Welcome here. And let the back be as straight as it can comfortably be so that another energy can appear. The energy of the body, sensations, feeling, life. And let your eyes close. Some people are not comfortable with closed eyes, in which case you can avert your gaze. But it's very helpful if you can to close your eyes, to be with yourself. Just let yourself take in an impression of being here today without striving for any kind of thought or clarity. And notice the tendency to strive. And let that be here. And notice that you can let everything happen to you, thinking and feeling and sensation. And notice that when you get taken by a thought or a memory or a feeling, you can gently come back again to the sensation of being present in a body. If you wish, you can bring the attention to one point or several points, the feet, the hands, the breath. But just let this happen. Don't think about it. And notice there's an attention here inside and surrounding you that sees without comment, with acceptance and kindness. Notice how alive you are coming home to the aliveness in the body. That even if you don't feel well, the body takes an impression breath, sensations.
And when you stray into thinking, notice that this is completely natural, like weather. And gently come back again to the body and to this awareness that sees with acceptance, openness, and kindness. And notice that coming home to the body is like opening to a new world, to life. That is communicating with us in breath, in impressions, giving and receiving. Just rest in stillness. Be soft with everything that arises. Let it be. Giving everything up to stillness, to a presence that sees with acceptance and care.
Notice how it feels to be welcomed every time you come back by a presence that sees, that's open. Past. Notice how it feels to be here without striving. Just being. Just soft. Allow yourself to see that everything changes. And notice that coming home to presence, to stillness, is, it feels nourishing, as if something is being given in stillness. As if we're basking or bathing in aliveness. intelligence that isn't thought.
Notice how it feels to belong to life. To be part of it. Notice how it feels to be completely acceptable, just like this. Seen by a presence that's vast, open, kind. Just bask in the light of presence, allowing yourself to be touched, to be completely accepted and loved, just like this. for your practice, for your presence. And, and now we invite people
people to speak, to share insights and impressions about their practice. And let's be mindful of other people and do keep your remarks and your observations to your pra this practice that we share. And also, as I've said before, you can feel free to speak. You don't. Please don't raise your hand, in fact. And there's a practical reason for this, because uh, Douglas, Noel Douglas, who creates these podcasts, then doesn't have to edit out your name, um, among other things. Plus, it's also nice to just feel free to speak if you're moved to share something about your practice for others here, or if you have a question. So. Hi, I have a quick question. Um, you said, notice that everything changes. I hadn't heard, I don't recall hearing that before, and I certainly know what the words mean. Uh, could you say more about why you included that in the practice? Or what, what, it, what it means for us in this, in this practice? Okay. It's, um, and it, it's not like a command that you feel it right on the spot or notice it right on the spot. It's like, first of all, it wasn't premeditated. And because when I guide meditation, I'm in it and sharing it. And second of all, the promise of the practice, and I can't stress enough the enormous value of including patience. It, this can take a hundred years if it wants. But the really interesting and valuable gift that's promised is that when you dare to draw close to pain, for example, or fear, and again, she repeats herself just for a moment, now with some admonition to chain yourself to great pain or fear, but just approach like getting an animal to eat out of your hands. Just be soft, approach, and we will observe that this thing we fear, it's like the poem, the fear goes out of it, or that it changes. So even if we're feeling physical pain or symptoms of illness, and people in the space have different kinds of pain they're dealing with, um, emotional and physical and illness. So we approach this and it's counterintuitive. We feel like we want to get away from it or fix it or find some other higher point of view. But if we dare to just go close, be with, just be soft with that, a lot of times, and you will see this for yourself, you will find yourself downstream. That those particular feelings that you have feared, whether it's heart, heartbreak or illness, the next thing you know, you're onto something else. And not just a thought, but a different kind of inner experience or feeling, that's what I meant. And that all of these feelings like sorrow, inside sorrow, there can be incredible tenderness and openness. Inside fear, there can be something quite different. So that's what I meant. It's the nature of reality to change. Tracy, can you hear me? Yes, yes. Well, um... I want to thank you for the Teach Nahan quote and the New Year's that you sent around. Yeah. Was, it reminded me of one of the very, very first stories that have stuck with me when I started um, exploring this area. And that is the one 
I hope you'll remember this one because I don't know it well, but I want to hear you relate it of the pilot who flew too high and um, found himself passed out. And if he had, if, if he was, if I remember it, if he held to onto the controls of the plane, he would have likely not done more damage. And by passing out and completely letting go, the plane righted itself. Do you yeah. remember this story? Is it resonating with me and with your New Year's message? Yes, I think you told it pretty well. And I remember it. I didn't tell the story myself, but it was an example of the power of letting go. And it might have been Tara Brock or someone, but at any rate, it was about, a, as you said, a pilot letting go of control. But just to bring it back to the room, it's this is an invitation. And the quote that I sent around for people who don't read my little dispatches, and I don't blame you. So we get so much stuff. In a nutshell, Thich Nhat Hanh was saying, we're always doing and not being. What if we were just being more mo more moments of being? That's Tracy talking to Thich Nhat Hanh. That this is an invitation to, and this whole path is really, to change our orientation to our life. And that sounds like I'm contradicting myself with the changing. I mean, shift your perspective from out there reaching out, reaching out, even if it's like to improve your practice or your yoga practice or something, to just bringing the attention home, bringing the attention to your experience, not in a spirit of isolating and shutting out the world, but in a spirit of shifting to an attitude of receptivity and responsiveness of, of the wish to be harmless, as it's traditionally portrayed, the wish to be of goodwill, the wish to be relinquishing. Those are the three kind of monkish ways of putting it, only they call it renunciation. It really means shifting to responsiveness to life instead of this self-enclosed, isolated posture of doing. And I guess relating it to the pilot when he passed out like from G-forces or something. And my late brother-in-law was a jet pilot, so I know about that much G-forces. You pass out briefly. You are just forced to be responsive, not just blindly or reactively or mechanically doing. So it's like when you find yourself in a situation in life where you don't know what to do. You just don't know what to do. Do nothing. Come home to this experience. Just notice and see. And what we're actually doing is opening to a greater intelligence. It's funny to think of it that way sometimes. The intelligence of nature, including our deeper nature. We're resting in the presence that includes body, heart, and mind. Not to kind of weaponize it, but to just let ourselves be open to receive and respond. Just that. It takes so much to get us to that point. On Wednesday, I referred to it as that point of kind of sweet fatigue, complete exhaustion, or overwhelm or heartache. That point where we just let things be and let ourselves be held by an awareness that sees, sometimes knowing, 
that this awareness is actually vast. And it's something we share. So, yeah, in a sense, just let yourself pass out and let go of the, the stick or whatever it is that controls the plane. And come back. Tracy, I get yeah. confused about the experience of the presence. Yeah. And when you talk about it being feeling completely acceptable and loved, I think that's, I experience that sometimes, but being generated from within me as if I'm the one loving me and I'm the one accepting me. But I wonder if you're talking about an external presence. Well, thank you for that question because it's a really good question. And I'm sure it's one that a lot of people share. And it's from the point of view of practice, it's enough to just come home to a feeling of being present, physically present in a body, breathing. As you describe it, something that can feel very interior and is very interior. Presence is what's most deeply personal about us. It's, it's our sense under all this stuff we're always thinking we are or thinking about or what we're supposed to be on our resumes or what have you. It's a, a feeling, a noticing that feels deeply, deeply personal and inside. And at the same time, at moments, we can experience this presence. Somehow, the same one that's deeply personal in us is connected to something that seems to descend or something vast. And so the short answer is, you don't have to worry about it. Your experience is true. And sometimes your experience may or may not open to include a presence that's also outside. But in fact, even that, it doesn't have to sound so spiritual, dare I say. We can, and, and the interesting thing to try, and I've shared this with at least one of you, and we can do it this week, is when you're engaged in your practice or just walking, and notice how it feels like three feet around you, not just inside, but notice the space like three feet around you. And we begin to notice in a very direct way that this presence is inside, deeply inside, and also outside. Okay? Give it a try, if you That's wish. Helpful. Thank you. I would love to hear the poem one more time, if you could. Okay. Okay, this is um, an excerpt from a poem, I Go Among the Trees by Wendell Berry. And here it is. I go among trees and sit still. All my stirring becomes quiet around me, like circles on water. My tasks lie in their places where I left them, asleep like cattle. Then what I'm afraid of comes. I live for a while in its sight. 
what I fear in it leaves it, and the fear of it leaves me. It sings, and I hear its song. Tracy, I would like to share um, that this sitting, this time right now, um, has had a whole different quality and feelings around it. Um, my cat Clyde is very old. He always meditates with me. You can't see him, but he's lying down next to the computer. And um, he's going to the vet tomorrow. And, and it seems that his time has come. And so I'm feeling lots of things, but during our meditation, there were such um, additional qualities. There was a deeper peace. Um, there was also a feeling of being in an altered state, even though I wasn't really being distracted by thoughts. Um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to share that because this Sangha has been here for me for a long time now. And um, so this is how I'm ushering in the new year. And yeah. And, um, yeah, and I'm also giving gratitude for all of his loving presence. Um, he's, I've had many cats and he has just been the most attentive. And I also feel that on some level, since I made the appointment this past week, that on some level he knows because he has been following me. I've, I've just spent time with him here at home and he's with me constantly and just sort of soaking up as much love as he can get. So I just really needed to share that. Yes. Yes. And you said his name is Clyde. Yeah. Yes. So we'll include him in our meta. And thank you so much for sharing that. And Clyde is in your description demonstrating to all of us that there is an intelligence and an awareness that doesn't have to do with cognitive thinking, a, a sensitivity, a receptivity, and yes, a presence. And he feels it in his cat way. And that when we're practicing together, to come in touch with this feeling inside this attention or presence that's what is most deeply real or personal in us. We are also opening to a presence that we share. And this is traditionally in this tradition called the deathless. And amongst all the things that change and age and shift and disappoint and keep moving, there is a presence and attention that we share that isn't captive to those things. And so Clyde, Clyde, can, as you know, I don't have to tell you, has made a contact, an impression, a relationship with you that's very, very complete and very full. Yeah. Thank you. And that will continue. And why don't we have meta now for ourselves and our and other beings? Just 
let yourself relax and we won't get like stiff about it. But to just invite yourself to feel your own capacity to let be, to be with in that very, very quiet way. Wendell Berry described letting all your cares be like sleeping cattle. Just notice right now your capacity to be soft with things that come with beings with yourself. So that even if fear is coming or grief or heartbreak, don't run from it. Just be soft with it. Be with it. And notice that there's something here. Something deep inside you and also shared. Open. It's very real. and aliveness, presence. And we notice how it feels when we let this radiate out of us. Don't try to keep it for yourself or for your self-perfection. Just let it go out, let it go. Letting Letting it go out in all directions where it needs to be. And all of us for a moment holding Clyde in each other in this radiance, this quiet care. Offering the wishes, may all beings, including Clyde, be safe and protected from all harm and danger. May all beings, including ourselves, know that we're, we're not alone. We're part of something larger, a larger life. May all beings everywhere without exception, know that they're seen and held by an attention greater than thought. May all beings everywhere without exception be entirely free, free from fear, free from pain, entirely free.